In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Oh, hi. Sorry, I was just surfing the website for Zello Pro, um, you know, in anticipation of the uh, match, uh, the show that we're going to be going to in two weeks, and just noticing some of the people that are on it, and, you know, just kind of distracted. But welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that is going to the Zello Pro show in Kearney, Nebraska in two weeks. I am your host. Detective Mark Smarks, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Zero Pro, baby! <laughs> Boom! Boom! Yeah, he is not scheduled to be there. Um, oh, well, then. Sure would be nice. It's funny while you were while you were doing that, I was calculating the number of calories in an entire can of Pepperidge Farm pirouettes. Petrick Farms remembers. I, I it's eight. <laughs> it's eighteen hundred calories in in a Pepperidge Farm pirouette pack can. So mm-hmm. my thoughts are, I could go on a Pepperidge Farm diet. You sure could, right? Look at all those people that are going to be at that Zello Pro. It's exciting. I'm super excited, right? Like, I know Zello Pro is not big league in the world of professional wrestling. I get it, right? But that's Jordan Grace. That's Colt Cabana. That's Chelsea Green. That's uh, Jonathan Gresham. There's Warhorse. There's Tommy Dreamer there. Um, Lainey Luck, the girl with the pink hair, and Heather Reckless, the uh, girl on the other side with the blonde, they both appeared on AEW Dark in the past two weeks. Um you know, the gun clubs in AEW. Uh, GPA has been on AEW Dark recently. So, so yeah. there's some big names. There. Warhorse was on AEW not too long ago going up against Cody. So uh, I'm just, I'm kind of stoked Exciting for stuff. it. Kind of excited, you know. I don't know. And and they're all going to be there for a meet and greet. We're hopefully going to get some signatures. Um, so it's going to be exciting. But anyways... Go ahead and get rid of that and go back to this screen because we're not here to talk about Zello Pro. We're here to talk about wrestling crimes. Pepperidge Farm. Pepperidge Farm. We're here to talk about Pepperidge Farm. Hashtag still not sponsored. <laughs> no, not Pepperidge Farm. Okay. I mean, if they those want. Things are, those things are freaking delicious. One can of those things and I'll sponsor it for a week. <laughs> But uh, it's it's been a fun week in wrestling. Um, if you discount Monday, well, I'm, I I feel like that's what we're doing every every week is discounting. Yeah, Monday. I've I've said that many many weeks. I'm I'm seriously I've said this before. I'm regretting using the word raw in the name for this podcast because I could just say I'm not going to talk about raw anymore uh, if if I didn't have it in my damn Twitter handle. You know? Yeah. Well. I wonder, should I just change my Twitter handle to Piss Ant Podcast? That, that, I mean, you could. Can we um, just change the name of change, Raw and Order, all of it, to change, just Piss Ant Podcast? All the Piss Ant Podcast? I've thought about it. 
or have. We 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 I've, can archive all Ron Ron order stuff to the Patreon page, and we can do pissant podcast, pissant bitching, and pissant fantasies. I said I've thought about it. It would literally I, be the same podcast and just have a different name. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm I'm just so tired of Raw being so so shitty. And like how do you feel if you're NBC right now? Yeah. Like, if you're like, like we used to have both Raw and SmackDown, and then they fucked SmackDown off of Fox and gave it all the better talent and better writers. Yeah, I don't know that it has better talent because I mean the the I guess now SmackDown has a legitimate world's biggest badass type person in Brock, but um, prior to three weeks ago, they had the world's biggest badass legitimate wrestler in Bobby Lashley as their champion, and they still do. But I, I was more saying from a standpoint of NBC, you know, USA Network definitely looks over it. The writing of it has got to just make their skin crawl. Yeah. Well, that's and, USA Network. And now they've done it to it. NXT. I mean, that's their other USA product. Yeah, but that's the deal. USA. Yeah, I'm not saying that necessarily. I I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that the talent on USA Network is worse. I'm saying that in USA Network's mind and NBC's mind, they feel like all the good talent got put over onto SmackDown because SmackDown is getting ratings. And it's getting um, applause from fans where fans are like, hey, it's actually pretty decent or sort of decent or even just kind of decent, right? It's, but anything is better than the, sh- the shit show that is USA Network's Raw right now. And so the network executives at USA Network have to be looking at it and going, did we just get intentionally shit on? Did, well, did and, WWE and purposefully I mean, put this to be the worst product? It's tough for them because at the end of the day, you have the NXT product was widely considered one of the one of the great products available, and that just got shit on. That's a USA product. Um, we were talking about it before the show, and and I I I being the NXT NXT mark for two years of doing this, um, knocking on. No, we're two years, right? Not three years. Yep, two years. Two years. Two years of doing this. I've, I've been the NXT mark for ages. And um, boy, I tell you, the uh, the SmackDown product, uh, almost immediately the NXT product took a hit when Vince started bastardizing it. And the SmackDown product is a, is the better product mm-hmm. right now. Well, that's it. I'm, um, and I'm that's, scared that's for this two, week. Two weeks' time. That's two weeks' time they managed to do that. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm really scared for this week's NXT. Because this week's NXT is going to be the first of the official new NXT with the new uh, Sesame Street logo and <laughs> again, all, all the new stuff. And yeah, all the reports say Triple H is still going to be in charge and yada, 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 and everything. Boy, but I. They we sure. Can, started loading up the shows with no names mm-hmm. and that's for an NXT watcher. They loaded yeah. up the shows with no names. They well, went one show after Vince announced it. And the next show was, Oh my God, there's, yeah. there's just who, not as many people here that I recognize. Who the fuck is this guy? Who <laughs> yeah. the fuck is that guy? Over who and over and over. Who the fuck is that guy? Um, and and we're the, two like, weeks into this experiment and I'm going, God dang, man. Like they didn't fire everybody. <laughs> 
So, so we'll get into, well, before we get into talking too much WWE and too much uh, shitty wrestling and then maybe good wrestling or whatever, let's uh, get it out of the way first that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So you can head over to tatnusco.com. Link is in the doobly-doos to uh, get the link to it and, and check out all the other shows on the network for Tatnus Co. Um, tell them we sent you. Um, hopefully you enjoy them. Anyway. Um, we'll get into all of this because the big news that hit just earlier today before uh, the show was uh, the announcement by Samoa Joe that he is vacating the NXT title because of um, he's not cleared to wrestle anymore. The medical staff has told him that he's got an undisclosed injury and he has to vacate. And I am 100% convinced that it's work, that there's nothing wrong with Samoa Joe, that this is entirely... Um, vacating the title so that the new regime, the new storylines in NXT can start off with probably some sort of a title uh, tournament, title tournament uh, to crown the new new generation title champion. Um, and Joe will be the first competitor for it. Maybe. Or or maybe this is just their way of getting... I mean, frankly, no, it wouldn't be the you. first... Yeah, now we can fire <laughs> you again. It wouldn't be the first time they fired him. So... Um, you so know, you're and, here first, folks. Samoa Joe, Zello Pro, Carney, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, that would be fucking cool. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know if he'd clear uh, in time, but anyways. But so, so that's that's the first side. I fully anticipate that uh, <laughs> NXT on Tuesday is going to start off with, you know, a whole thing of. No, it's vacated, so we've got this tournament, and here are your combatants in it, and it's going to be a whole lot of, who the fuck is this, guys? Um, but nobody's and, super entertaining to watch. They're going to be slog, slow. Mm-hmm. Like, well, They didn't yeah, even keep the very athletic Bronson Reed, who I know you don't like, but they didn't even keep him around, and he's a big dude. So we're going to get big dudes that are jacked, mm-hmm. that that can't touch their own hands yeah. behind their backs because well, they're and so jacked. Again, we're going to get a whole bunch of who the fuck is this guys? Yeah. Um, because, because like um, they recently signed um, the brothers, uh, um, Gabe Stevenson and, and whatever his brother's name is. And reports have it that Gabe, the uh, Olympic athlete, uh, Olympic wrestler is is basically headed to main roster. Like they anticipate him debuting on the main roster within weeks, um, because they think he's the next Kurt Angle, and he might be. I'm not saying he's not. I can't. I, he's a fucking Olympic wrestler, uh, but the Olympic wrestlers haven't always done well in professional wrestling. Let's just say that. Um, but his brother signed with NXT. And I just anticipate we're going to see him. I'm not entirely um, angry at uh, it was announced that uh, uh, Rick Steiner's son, uh, and I can't remember what his real name is, but show name Rex Rex Steiner Steiner. is going to be Rex Steiner. And I don't actually, this is the first time you probably will ever hear me and might be the only time you ever hear me say, I I actually approve of that name change uh, provided they don't screw him out of the trademark on it because Steiner's his family name. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not his it's real family, family wrestling name, name, but it's just wrestling. Fam- just like flair is Charlotte flair's wrestling family name. It's not their real name. Um, 
It's their family name. Uh, it's their wrestling name, but they their, they deserve their real to have name it. is is Fleer. I mean, it's yeah, pretty it's close, close but it's not spelled the same. It's spelled different. No. Um, and so I, you know, I'm I'm all for him having the Steiner name. He looks a lot like his father. Uh, you know, so I'm all for it. I I would anticipate he shows up in NXT yeah. in the next couple weeks. So so man. coming, yeah. Um. And so it's it's going to be a whole bunch of these big guys, and and a whole bunch of saying, wait, if there's if there's an opening for the the NXT champion, why isn't Gargano going after? It? Why isn't Champa going after it? Oh, so, so that's two former champions right there. Why? Because why they're they too not? tiny. Because they're too small and too old. Why isn't Kyle O'Reilly going after it? Because oh, he's too small and too old. Yeah, thirty six is ancient. Yeah, seriously. By the way, we're going to have Goldberg showing up on... <laughs> Speaking of, that, that's the, here's where we can have a stunt bet. How long, how long before we start seeing WWE legends just creep in on the regular basis? Like, we already started to see it with Million Dollar Man, but how long before we start seeing... Goldberg show up to to the NXT tapings and and challenge someone or the fucking Undertaker show up or it it will be it will be a uh, it will it, no it'll be mid carters it'll be uh, a honky tonk type guy it'll be Dwayne the Clown it'll be Dwayne's really easy to do because they can do that with anybody you just put them in the yeah door. put anyone in the makeup and, and uh, so. uh Long as you'll do a whoopee cushion from the top rope, I'm yep. down with you. So, so that's my worry there. I'm just like, Ugh. I, I don't know how excited I am for the NXT product. I, I can tell you the last two weeks have been the worst weeks of NXT I've seen in uh, three years of watching NXT. So, yep, I, I agree. It's and SmackDown's been as good. I mean, again, last year this time. We were talking about how unwatchable SmackDown was. Mm-hmm. God bless them, man. Some whoever they have that's in Vince's ear that's letting SmackDown be what SmackDown is right now. No, it's not the best product it could be. It's the best we've seen it in a long while. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I've been wrong before though. Well, so. like I said, I'm knocking on wood, hoping that it's it's not as bad as we think it is. But I'm. I'm betting it's going to be as bad as we think it is. Um, <laughs> but, but so, um, you know, I, normally we do the format where we, we do crimes and I say, what crime do you got and what crime? I don't know. Do we just do we just talk about how shitty WWE is? All? No, no, I got a crime. I got a crime. You've got a crime. Got a crime. Okay, let's do your crime. What is your crime, DFA? My crime is is a negative-ish one. I'm excited for where the storyline's going. I've already, I think people have have noticed that I'm I'm marking out a little bit for SmackDown right now. Um, my negative crime is. Don't pretend like you didn't tell us all that the, that the fiend was coming back, or that not the fiend, that uh, that the demon demon king was going to be coming back. You flat out had the red light show. Smarks, I'm not joking. JLB said, "What the hell was that all about?" In a in a 
chat thread that the three of us have. Um, oh, we didn't mention that's the first mention of him. God, you're an ass. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. JL we got in on a conversation, and so I was like, well, whatever. He's not said, here to defend himself, so well, fuck him. Said in the thread, what the hell was the stupid red flashing light about? Now, I usually get to watch SmackDown on Saturday or Sunday, usually on Sundays. Um, but uh, so I, I watched last week's on Saturday night. I came home and I was like, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm going to watch it because I got an actual pay-per-view tomorrow. Um, and so I watched it and I'm sitting there just anticipating this thing the whole time. Mind you, I've already seen JLB say to Smarks, what the hell was the flashing red light about? And Smarks say, I'm sure the Demon King's coming back with Balor. <laughs> with Balor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, the Prince is too good. It's a lot of fun. Why would we go with the supernatural Demon King when we could go with the Prince? And son of a bitch, I watched it that Sunday, and I was like, that's the Demon King. Because uh-huh. <laughs> it was the the way JLB said it, I thought it was going to be the whole episode that it was flashing on and off. And no, no, it was it was, it was a three second boom. The uh-huh. fans didn't even acknowledge that the light had changed. The only one who acknowledged any of it was the one who wants everybody to acknowledge him, and that's Roman. Uh-huh. And then it was gone. Yeah, and then you know, on commentary, I think they said something like, "What was that? Oh, it must have been a problem in the truck or something. Yeah, it must have been a glitch." And and then this week they were like, we could have never known. Oh, wait, the light turned red last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? you kind of did know. <laughs> right. They, they basically told, I mean, it was literally a flashing red light that told you. It wasn't even flashing. It just turned on for three seconds and then went away. Like yeah. maybe a single flash. Seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so just turned on and then off. And, and, well, but it and turned on re- and went off. Yeah. It turned on and went off right after. Roman Reigns got done beating up on Finn. Yeah. Yep. Right. I but mean, I mean, you, how... you saw through it like stink on shit, man. Like you were just like, because it's fucking obvious. King. Yeah. Right? And, and when I watched it, you were right. I was like, oh, that's Demon King. Yeah. You didn't even get the fans to jump up like all excited for the Fiend. Mm-hmm. Because we all, there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief that we will do. Fired people coming back, we aren't going to do. Yeah, We're just the thing is, do it. if if you did want to hint at it being the fiend, or being the fiend, you could have played a a stab of music or a laugh or something or whatever. If you <laughs> if you wanted to be as as obvious that it was it was the demon, then you could have done a heartbeat with it. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. Because we know that that's his his entrance music and everything. But you know, they, you just did one, and then you pr- tried to pretend like you didn't see it and. And roll on, but we all saw. And sure enough, this week, the Demon King comes out and faces off with Roman. Now, I guess it's a match for Extreme Rules. The the crime part to this is, first off, I we talked a little bit beforehand. You didn't know I was going here with my crime, but the the little bit beforehand, um, Demon King's never lost on WWE on main roster. He's lost on NXT. But he's never lost on main roster, um, per what per Google. So, mm-hmm. fucker, fuckers, if you think the same thing that I thought earlier, and you're gonna start lighting us up, blame Google. That's where we got our information from. Yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna double check it while you're talking here. 
So anyway, um, I'm excited about that. Um, but, but the crime is, and, and I don't have a problem with the introduction. The, the crime literally goes to, I am so sick and tired of commentary pretending like something is not just so easy to see through. It's not even funny. Oh, let us try and convince you that this is not the case. Oh crap. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Uh, see, I thought he lost to, I thought maybe he lost to Lashley is what I'm thinking. Lashley or Bray is who I thought he lost to. Uh, Fiend, sorry. Yes. As far as I can tell here, and I'm, I'm keep, I'm gonna keep looking at my here. Let's go to cage match. We'll just do cage match. But it might have just been, it might have just been Finn Balor that that lost to Bray. I think it was just Finn, but. Or to Fiend, sorry. Again. Fucking autocorrect. You should know by now. I am never gonna type Finn Baylor. I'm a Klingon. But no, okay. Let's see. Go back to before he went back to NXT. Captain. I'm the now. Finn defeated Finn Balor at. Uh, SummerSlam of 2019. The Fiend did. The Fiend, but but it. It was just Finn Balor. But well, and that's what I'm trying to, you know. Now I got to look up to see if that was versus. Bum 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 bum. Anyway, I don't think it was. I don't think it was the Demon King. I think it was just Finn Balor. But let's see. Well, while you're doing that, I'm also going to go off on AEW's announced team on Friday night because, good God, that was sloppy. It was just like, all I'm going to say is Excalibur, enjoy your wedding, bud. We were ready for you to come home. Yeah. So yeah, as far as I can tell, it was the fiend versus regular Finn Bauer. Okay. Beat him in three minutes, and and that was his last pay per view on the main roster before he left. Went back to okay, and then eventually went back down to NXT. So, um, but yeah, that's what I, my worry is that they're going to sacrifice the one undefeated streak that that they still kind of have. And yes, it's not a true undefeated streak because he lost to Samojo in NXT, but it's a main roster undefeated streak, and that's all they fucking care about. So uh, that the the Demon King has not lost. Finn Balor has lost, but the Demon King has not lost. And I just worry that they're going to sacrifice him at the altar of Roman Reigns when I think you would agree with me that the better storyline is to have the Demon King beat Roman Reigns and then have Roman Reigns reclaim the title at some point down the road. Oh, I absolutely would. In fact, we if I was to fantasy book this, I have Roman Reigns, who just accepted Brock's challenge somewhere. I don't know what, what event, but Brock's challenge. Um, I have Roman Reigns get attacked by Brock in his match with Finn Balor. 
And during his match with Finn Balor, Finn Balor wins, of course, because of that. And Roman is no longer focused on getting the title back. He will be, but he needs to rectify a situation with the family. I just had a realization. Next pay-per-view being Extreme Rules. They're going to make it a fucking triple threat. Ah, shit. Well, who's there to take the fall? Is Finn, are you going to have the demon there to take the fall? That's my worry. Or did you bring back Brock to have him take the fall? Because that would be gold. Potentially. I mean, here's the deal. Brock's back for eight matches. That's what his contract reportedly is. So eight matches. Um, for a year. Yeah, over a course of a year. Uh, which basically means... He's going to get some matches with Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. He's going to get some matches with... He's going to have an, an attempt at retribution with Drew. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I don't, I don't 100% know if the... Excuse me, if the... Uh, the universal title is is necessarily in his future, but I'm, I I think either Balor. I think he's great for a storyline in the universal title picture. I really do. I just don't think I, he's the one you put it on. I my worry is that this is the way they're going to do it. That Balor's going to take the pin from Brock, and so then uh, leaving Roman Reigns to be able to say, "You never beat me for that." That's still my title. You didn't beat me for it. And then they have a rematch at fucking Survivor Series or whatever. Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell next They moved that up. They moved that up one. So what are they going to do with that? Normally, that's what they put. They'll probably use the Halloween Havoc name. I'm going to guess. They've been using that for NXT, but with the rebranding, you never know. Maybe. But yeah, so so either that or Survivor Series. Stretch it out to two pay-per-views um, for the final. Anyway. I think I think the right move is Finn is it's an extreme rules match, so there's not a disqualification when Brock comes out and attacks Roman and Roman's just left in a heap. Finn hits the coup de gras and wins the title. Um, you can go roll straight into Seth Rollins having a title shot because he's the one who put him on the shelf the last time he had the universal title. I think that's gold for probably till till Royal Rumble. Like I hold that till Royal Rumble. Um, I mean, there's there's really good writing available here, and and I know I'm going with the words available, and I know that Smarks does not have nearly as much. Uh, confidence in their ability to stick with this writing but boy um roman versus brock at whatever october's pay-per-view is going to be great balls of brock um whatever great balls <laughs> of brock <laughs> um, he's the only one who headlined the great balls of fire i'm just saying so um because it only lasted one year for a reason anyway that's the dumbest fucking name you could ever do. <laughs> um, payback, backlash, fucking SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Splitter, pay-per-view. I don't care what you call it. Anyway. Um, and so you can you can build that that Seth versus Demon King 
setup. Um, obviously, Edge is still content- considered a contender there. Um, you have four solid contenders right now for the WWE or for the Universal title. And I would say if you push hard enough, you could maybe get a couple of these mid carters into that category. I think Happy Corbin could get into that category. I don't think he will. Uh, and you've got Big E, always there looming. Big E is always there looming. But so I, I just worry that Finn Balor's there to take the pin, um, or or lose to Roman, either or, you know. Um, and and that's that's my worry. I hate this concept that streaks were made to end. The Undertaker streak could have literally never been broken. That would have been fine. Nobody would have been pissed off about it. But I just think, yeah. But that's my worry. I don't I don't know. You know, I just have so little faith in WWE right now. Even though SmackDown's been better than than it has been historically. Uh, I just have so, so, so little faith in them. Um, I don't blame that. you. I don't blame you. I just, I wrote, I wrote your world title picture till Royal Rumble, all the way through Royal Rumble. And you can throw Big E in wherever the fuck you want to. Yeah. I worry. I mean, what is the history, the recent history of Money in the Bank title holders? So I think we've gone a while without them being overly successful. Yeah. Oh, I think I think Big E's getting the strap when he wins. And I think they want the story of Roman winning at Royal Rumble. In the Rumble. Let's see. Because that would be what seven straight Royal Rumbles that he's main evented. Ooh, there's another streak that could be broken. Let's see. I guess Miz successfully cashed it in last year or earlier this year, but he, um, important Stole. to note, was not the Money in the Bank ladder winner. Uh, Brock Lesnar cashed it in uh, and won it year and won it. Um, so I guess that's a successful one. But Braun. Uh, lost, lost and it. Corbin lost, and Corbin lost, and, and Seth won. Uh, Dean Ambrose won the one. Back oh, in Dean Ambrose, and then it was Seth. Seth before that, Seamus before that, and then Seth before that. Okay, um, and then Damian Sandow. So the the recent ones have won, but. But again, I I still I still argue that Brock Lesnar should not have been the Money in the Bank uh, champion because he was not officially in the match. Correct. Um, playing fast and loose with that little little rule. Um, so, but that's kind of my point. I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to have Biggie successfully cash in. I think. See, and I think I think you you protect Roman. I think it's set up to protect Roman because regardless of if people are still hating on him from four or five years ago, um, if they're not, they see that he is a fantastic heel. And I mean, a wonderful heel better than Brock is as a heel. Brock is a destroyer. He's not a heel. Roman's a heel. 
Um, Brock won't cheat to win. Brock won't walk out with his title and be like, I'm not, guess count me out, bitch. You know, <laughs> like Roman will do that. So um, I, I think that, that if you have Finn Balor get this win with Brock interference, that gives you two, maybe three matches between Brock and Roman, which is gold. Those are good, good matches. Like we can hate on them all we want to. They're hard hitting fast paced mm-hmm. matches. And if they're not about a title, people will get into them. If they're about a title, we go, ah, oh, fuck Brock's going to win the fucking title. Yeah. And we don't that's, want that. That's where I don't have faith though. Number one, with the reports that they actually view Brock Lesnar as the face in this storyline. Um, no, he's not. What? He's an asshole. Ah, but that, according to all the reports, they, they've they directed everyone that Brock Lesnar is the face in this storyline. Okay. But, and so, um, I He's a jerk I, who's trying to get Heyman killed. Who knows? <laughs> but, in the end, I just, like... I don't know. I see them having, you know, saying, well, we've had a heel champion for a while, so let's have a face champion. Oh, we can have Finn Balor be the champion. Ah, fuck Finn Balor. Yeah. I see. And I think, I think Finn Balor feuding with Seth Rollins is so much better. It's, it's HBK Bret Hart level good. I, I would agree. I just don't think WWE does. Um, I think, for lack of a better term, I think they see uh, Finn Balor at best in this situation as a transitional champion. Take it off Roman, put it on Finn, have Brock beat the shit out of Finn Balor, because Finn Balor's too small to be universal champion. Um, and that's the same same thought process I see going into Big E. Uh, here's the deal. The, the uh, people who've been successful with their cash-ins almost exclusively have been heels at the time, right? Uh and that's that's where the problem relies. Biggie's a face, and heels can do sneaky shit like cash in after they see saw another heel beat the shit out of the guy. See, I beg to differ because Daniel Bryan was a face until he cashed in. So I think Biggie has the talent because he started as a heel. I think he has I the agree. talent to roll I, back to heel. I I, I agree. I don't think they I don't think they have the balls to do it. Um. I think, I think Big E could be a, such a great tweener that if and, and you you agree, but you don't think they had the balls. Here's uh-huh. here's the perspective. If you go back and watch the most successful eras of of Money in the Bank, these were people that were liked but did a heel thing. Uh-huh. They don't have to be heel the whole way through. Now they develop into whole way through heels, but Edge was liked but did a heel thing and. Um, uh, Seth was liked. Well, no, he was a heel when it happened. Uh-huh. Dean Ambrose was liked, but did a heel thing. Wasn't a heel. Um, I think it works. I think you can pull it off. Um, th- I think the biggest thing is you can have him do a heel thing, do a heel when Seth gets his win over Finn Balor. Um, that's Again, when you have the cash in. I just don't think because here's the deal: is what I see them doing is have him being the honorable face guy. Where he comes down and he says, I'm going to cash in my belt on you uh, tonight. So be ready for me because I'm cashing in. 
because that's the old cash cashing in and a surprise thing is a heel move. And I don't think they've got the guts to turn Big E heel right now. They sure have him teasing it though. Tease all you want. Hey, here's the deal is uh, you turn him heel. Suddenly all the new day merchandise sales start to slow down. And the new day merchandise sales are still big money makers for WWE. They don't want to slow that down. Um, it's why Kofi doesn't turn heel. It's why Xavier Woods doesn't turn heel. A heel New Day as a whole would be tons of fun. I mean, it's what they were originally designed to be. Uh, and then they started selling merch. And and they sold bootios. Box of the bootios. Right there. Right there. Bootios. I'm still upset that you haven't eaten those yet. Yeah, I, it's to the point I'm scared to. Doesn't mean I'm not upset about it. Hey, if I find another box somewhere sealed for sale, like at FYE or Suncoast, I think there's a Suncoast near me. I'll buy it and I'll eat those. They need to start. They need to re-release them. That's what they need to do. They need to just put them in regular stores. Fuck this. Yeah. I the the problem is they're so concerned about it being a collector's item. That they don't understand that that's the sort of thing people would buy to eat on the regular if they could. Like, yeah, if they if they taste like crackling oat bran or honey nut Cheerios or I'm relatively certain that they're similar to um frosted uh, Cheerios, is what I've heard. Well, yeah, I because I think they're I think there's marshmallows. So what I was gonna say is count chocula. I think I think they're relatively they similar. I th- I think so. I don't know. Maybe they're not. But but anyways, regardless, or Lucky Charms, if they're not, you know. <clears throat> but but the thing is, I think people would buy them and eat them on the regular basis, and they'd have reoccurring sales on it, rather than people buying a box to put up on their shelf behind them while they record their shitty podcast. I mean, I'm talking about other people's shitty podcasts. Yeah, other, piss ant podcast. They're piss ant podcasts. Ours is a piss ant podcast. Different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm i going to move into my crime. The actual my crime for this, though, and, and I want you to address it, was shithole announcing. Because, mm-hmm. again, I, I combined it with AEW's Friday night, where yeah. I think that gets fixed when Excalibur comes back. Um. Yeah, and then I, the same night we had, oh, who would have ever guessed? It's the demon. Yeah. I, the uh, demon. I, I've said this before. As much as I like AEW and everything, I'm I'm still not convinced on Rampage's four-man booth. I'm um, really not convinced when Shivani's trying to keep everybody involved in it. it was the the number of times Shivani was like you mark <laughs> like yeah. you're here you need to talk i i've said this before what what AEW needs on the regular and i think they've been trying on on dynamite with alex marvez being the back backstage reporter sort of guy but they need a mean gene okerlund type character and and for that i mean a person whose sole job is backstage interviews and the occasional in-ring interview, and that's it. And then hawking product, you know what I mean? 1-900-909-9900. Yeah. 
Um, do you do you know if if I had the money and had the ability, I would register that fucking phone number in a heartbeat. I know no one would ever call it, but listen to our podcast for a penny yeah. in a minute. Yeah, just a penny a minute. One nine hundred nine oh nine ninety nine hundred. Get your parents' permission before dialing. I wonder if anyone's ever registered one nine hundred nine oh nine ninety nine hundred dot com. Do nine hundred numbers even exist still? I don't think so. I mean I maybe they technically do, but no one uses them. Um let's find out. It's a porn company now. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just googling to see if anyone because I I I literally might spend the twenty bucks to register one nine hundred nine oh nine ninety nine hundred ah someone's got it. I mean, in fairness, it's wrestling related. It is the wrestling meme hotline. I might have to bookmark this site. Uh, this guy's brilliant. I mean, you know, it's what I wanted to do, so he stole my idea. But anyway, probably probably years before you did. I'm sure he did, but you know, it's sort of uh, retroactive stealing. <laughs> Monto Media. It isn't particularly filled out though, so it's only been around for a while. Maybe I just wait around for it to expire and. Anyways, um, don't go to it and give them a bunch of uh, publicity and make them consider keeping it around. Just shh, you don't know anything. <laughs> Zellopro.com. Listen to all your Zellopro <laughs> merch. <laughs> but, anyways, um, yeah, I just like Mark Henry has been doing good as the backstage interviewer. And I'm fine. I, with see, that. and I don't think he did. I, I, I think uh, he did fine with that. And and more specifically, I think he could grow into it more. I think he's having he's struggling so hard on actual commentary in my book that uh, just put him in one role and let him learn the one role, right? And and then you know maybe he can grow into commentary at some point. But right now, just let him be the backstage interviewer. Let him be the mean gene for for uh, Rampage, and uh, you know Alex Marvez. Well, I, I really think Jim Ross should be the mean gene for Dynamite, and let Shivani and Excalibur handle, and put you know I I I'm fine because like I said I Jericho does well on commentary when he stays yeah. focused. When he gets I like, off, I like Taz until the call out. This week's call out made me go. Ugh. That's that's my my problem with. That was your problem with with uh, leader. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly my problem. And so I like Taz on commentary as long as he's just on commentary. Uh, but it, when when he's on commentary as part of a group, it it makes it tough. Um, I'm also you know I want to clarify. I'm not saying that we can't have the leader of a group sit in on commentary like like when Don Callis comes in and sits on commentary because Kenny Omega is in a match or whatever that's fine right but as a regular permanent fixture in the commentary booth I think they should not be the leader of a faction at the time which is why I like Jericho as on commentary but a he's still technically the leader of the inner circle um and b he does he does kind of go off on his own little thing sometimes 
So, but yeah, I, I'm anxious for Excalibur to come back and, and help get the focus back on, on the commentary booths. Um, but you don't really realize his value until he was gone. Then you're like, Ooh. Yeah, I hope he understands the compliment I pay him when I say this, but he is the Mike Tanay of. Oh, absolutely. Of current. Absolutely. Wrestling. And I think if Jericho went into a full-time commentary at the booth, he, he could easily be the Heenan. He could easily be uh-huh. the Heenan. But. But right now. Or Bischoff, I guess, if you wanted Bischoff to be the yeah. guy. But that being said, aside from commentary, uh, Rampage was actually pretty good. Yeah. Commentary um, was just rough on it. Commentary was rough. But my my crime is at least tangentially related because it's related to SmackDown. Um and it's it's related and kind of I, I will I will put my content warning out now because it is kind of a sensitive subject on it. But dear WWE, <clears throat> who the fuck thought it was a good idea to cut the match with Zelina Vega in it. Oh, amen. From SmackDown. Absolutely. On you the eve correct. of 9-11. Zelina Vega, who is famous, and you have mentioned on air, lost her, her father husband. in 9-11. Yeah. Yep. Um, had a match scheduled, scheduled for SmackDown on the eve of 9-11. Um, where she had custom ring gear because she wanted to uh, pay pay honor to her father by uh, representing things that her father loved uh, and wrestling uh, at an event in an arena that her father and her used to go to in the city that the major events 9/11 of 9-11 happened. Um, and then the next day, she was going to be at the memorial representing... WWE, um, and and you had to, for whatever reason, like what what match from SmackDown was so important? Well, that they had to cut this match. All five of the guys on both teams of the five man tag or the mm-hmm. ten man tag had to get in. It ran probably eighteen minutes. You couldn't have cut that that match down by six minutes so Zelina Vega could have a match honoring her father. Yeah, cause let's let's just <laughs> You couldn't have cut out you couldn't have cut out uh having the Atlanta Hawks um basketball player come in to talk smack. Couldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah, you couldn't have done a lot of things. Instead, you're just like, eh, so what? What all else? Friday night smackdown. There it is. So let's see. Yeah, the contract signing. Contract signing, singles match, Rollins versus Edge. That's fine. Keep that in there. Although yeah. I don't know, it didn't have to go twenty four minutes, right? No, you know, no. Uh, 
Street Profits versus the Usos uh, for 15 minutes, ending in a DQ because Roman Reigns comes in and attacks. Could have cut that by a few minutes. That didn't have to go 15 minutes. Um, Drew McIntyre defeated Baron Corbin. There's a dark match that you didn't put on thing. Um, yeah, that wasn't on it. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, it was one of the dark. I'm just seeing the dark match. There was also a six man tag match on the dark uh, thing. But I mean, there's just there are things that you could have cut. Uh, uh, even again, just cutting time, just to give. I mean, this this was. Ten, I'm telling you, the ten man tags the thing you cut. Well, uh, the simple fact is, even if you don't cut it, you have seven minutes long. Cut it down to five minutes. That's two minutes you made back between those matches. The matches we did, you easily have cleared up now ten minutes that you could have. Entrances, you could have told the story with a vignette. Yeah, with a vignette. Yep. Uh, Because here's the deal. This is what uh, I would refer to as a PR layup. This is fucking a gimme, right? This this is knock it in from inches on 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 the gimme cut. This is Thursday night SmackDown, September thirteenth, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. This is exactly the, the that match was your introduction Thursday night of se- September thirteenth two thousand one. That is exactly what that match is. Mm-hmm. And that's the deal. This is this is such a good PR moment to you could you would have been on the news on every day over the weekend about oh look you know this this match from WWE featured. Zelina Vega, whose father passed away on 9-11. She's honoring her father at Madison Square Garden. And wasn't her father one of the firefighters that passed away? Um, I mean, not that that matters. A lost life is a lost life. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Uh, let's look it up. And I really should search for... Uh, No, he w- he was a telecom an- analyst uh, at Cantor Fitzgerald, which was uh, in the World Trade Center. Okay, okay. So, but but that's my point. Th- this was a layup. This was a freebie shot that that WWE that could have done to show good honored, graces and honor her father and all of this stuff. And it would have honored her. I mean, you just uh-huh. got her back. You worked hard to get her back to convince her to take off her Twitch stream, stream, mm-hmm. and then you do this. Like, don't shit on this. Yeah, and you had a chance and, to, and then you fucking did. I mean, subtract the PR parts. It's the right fucking thing to do. You managed to fit in somebody talking shit on the Knicks over over the honorable moment that you had available. And that's, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm pointing it out from a PR standpoint because I know that's what WWE thinks about from a PR yeah. standpoint. This this is this was a fucking layup, and you missed it. This was fucking. It, it was even more than a than a layup. It was, it was an open net layup. The team was down at the other end still, and you're just standing there underneath the the net with the ball and just toss it in. That's all you got to do. Um. You can tell by the way I talk about basketball that I know a ton about basketball, right? Um, just, just granny shot, yeah, right just there, right there. 
Like this is it's even more than that. It's it's like um it's like you're a little kid and your your seven foot tall dad just lifted you up to the hoop and all you gotta do is put the ball in. It's, right. No, it's your little kid, you just got a basketball net for for your living room. Yeah. That is well, literally three foot tall you. and you, yeah, that is literally shorter than you. You can walk up and put the little foam ball in it. Mm-hmm. This was just such an easy thing to get all the good PR, all the good press, and win her over. Because I guarantee you, she's sitting there every fucking day going, "Why did I? Why resign? did I? Why did I resign?" Because it's it's been reported, it's been talked about. She resigned because she wanted to be near her husband, uh, who then got fired a few months later, um, and is now killing it in AEW. Um, and being used properly, and she could be an AEW, and I guarantee you she had interest from AEW. Tony Khan has said that, um, but she resigned with WWE because she wanted to be near her husband. And then you fucking fired her husband, and and you don't even take the time for this fucking chip shot to build some good graces with her and with the world. Right? It's like. And this is why I say I have so little faith in WWE because they can't even take this chip shot and and make it work. They just I don't disagree. I'm I'm hopeful on the storyline front, but this I mean you're right. That does that does tell us is this what's coming down the pipe? Is this is this is this what we are going to continue to get? Mm-hmm. And whose call was it? Like, as a whole, I think fans need to know whose call was it. Is if this is a Vince call, it's the wrong call. No, word has it that Vince wasn't there, that Bruce was. So if this is Bruce's call, Bruce, you're an idiot. Yeah, I don't love you, fucking Bruce Richard. I how. You know, I I hate to praise Bruce Pritchard because I've never been a fan of his. But let's be honest, right? He was basically unemployed. He managed to get a podcast with Conrad Thompson where he tells stories of dubious uh, veracity on his time in WWE um, and manages to somehow parlay that into not only getting his job back, but becoming the third most powerful person in WWE. It's like Vince, uh, Nick Khan, Bruce Pritchard, yeah. maybe. You know, um, I can bravo on that. God, suck. Anyway. And manages to get, you know, uh, Eric Bischoff a job and then get him fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still before he really does a chance to do anything. Yeah. I I still wonder how much Bruce Pritchard had to do with a lot of that. Like, I mean, here's I, the deal. There's a part of me that thinks that, that Vince was just like, you know what I'd really like to do this month? I'd like to fire Eric Bischoff. Eric like Bischoff. <laughs> I'm just well, uh I mean the simple fact is it's obvious from talking to Eric Bischoff, not not personally, but like on 83 Weeks and all this stuff, the people who talked to him and everything, that his impression of what his job was was vastly different from what was reported his job was 
and what Bruce Pritchard's job was. Like Bruce Pritchard was brought in to book Monday Night Raw and and control it. And it Eric Bischoff acts like he was told his job was to come into SmackDown and be this go-between between Fox and and WWE and all of that stuff, and that the daily creative stuff was not under his purview. Um and and you I I really do think it he was brought in to be a scapegoat. Like Bruce Pritchard was like, I don't want to touch SmackDown when it first debuts on on Fox because it's gonna be under a microscope. And if things go wrong within the first three months or so, someone's gonna need to get fired. So let's bring in Eric Bischoff because fuck Eric Bischoff, he can get fired. He's been fired before, we'll fire him again. Um yeah. don't sell then, your house in Cody, bud. Yeah, and that you know, that's why Eric Bischoff was brought in to to eventually get fired. So WWE could be like, look, we're trying to fix things. Um and I that's say, what they well, did. While we're both heading west to Kearney, we just keep driving and we just go to Cody, Wyoming. We wait at the yeah. local gas station until we can meet until yeah. we can meet Bischoff. Meet Biggie. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. That'd be that'd be blast. It would be. I mean, until he calls the cops on us and says we're stalking him. <laughs> he wouldn't be 100% wrong on it, you know. We just wanted to meet you, man. But, be on our podcast. Yeah, come on our podcast. Here, here, talking to this. <laughs> Say shit. You guys, you guys are creepy. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, Bishop said we're creepy. <laughs> No. Anyways, that's so that's my crime. I just it's been bugging me all weekend, and and yeah, I you know yesterday because we're recording this on Sunday night, September twelfth. If you're on the live stream, you know that. Um, if you're watching it or listening to it later, that's when we're recording it. You know, this weekend's tough for everyone in America. I get it, right? Um, well, we're, and I we're looking for happy stories. We're looking for things that we can feel good about. Yeah. And this was this was a fucking chip shot, feel good story. And I wanted to feel so good about it, and I couldn't because they didn't do it. They didn't do it for the, whatever I, fucking I, reason. I understand the idea that you don't want to you don't want to turn a tragedy into a capitalism moment. That said, that's not what this was about. Like, like, yes, it's going to be a, a capitalism moment. It's going to be a, a way to put it over. But it was at the behest of the person who you would be capitalizing off of. Well, we don't want to write her into a win. I don't. I, I sincerely have no clue why they wouldn't do this. You can have her go up against um, Carmella or anybody else, anybody that you're kind of shitting on right now. And boom, there's the win. Dana Brooke. Yeah. Dana Brooke apparently was backstage at SmackDown. So what a perfect fit. Dana Brooke's never been, not recently been considered a title contender. So I don't know. Just frustrating. So frustrating. 
Anyways. But uh, on that note, I'm I'm tired of talking about shitty WWE. So let's I'm not I don't even have any misdemeanors to talk about really. I mean, we've kind of talked about it. Fucking you know, they're probably gonna fuck up NXT. They're fucking up Raw on the regular. SmackDown's decent, but but you don't I don't get to watch it because because uh, fucking Sling TV. Hashtag still not sponsored. You know what the best way you guys can sponsor Smarks is? Have get Fox. Fox on it. I was I was so frustrated. Uh, I walked logged in. I'm gonna go on a little Sling TV rant here for a moment. I logged into Sling TV the other day, and it was like, oh hey, we've started to use Lowcast to get you your local channels. Lowcast is a service where local channels are, are rebroadcast and everything. I'm like, oh sweet. So I sign up for Lowcast, which is free, right? I sign up for Lowcast and all of that stuff, and the first thing it says, nope, local channels aren't available in your area. Like, well, fuck, that was great. And then two days later, two days later, Locast gets shut down by the FCC. <laughs> really? You didn't do your research there, Sling, did you? Probably, probably wouldn't have gone that way had they not, you know, partnered with Sling. Yeah. Well, apparently it was a long, long standing, you know, lawsuit with the FCC. Um, they were being sued because uh, the networks were claiming it was illegal redistribution because they were taking the over-the-air signal and then digitizing it and streaming it and then it's, adding their it's... own commercials at times. Oh, that's where, the, where it went. Well, but even, even, even without adding their own commercials, the ruling was that um, you're rebroadcasting their signal without their permission. So... Um, and the thing is, there have been other companies that have gotten the same, done basically the same thing, and gotten shut down for the same reason. So it's not like Locast was um, didn't already have precedents to look at and be like, maybe this isn't a good business model. Uh, but they decided to do it, and and then got shut down. But it's just the fact that it was two days after Sling TV did a big old banner on my screen, like literally blocked off my whole screen, and said. Hey, sign up for Locast to get your network channels. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then, and first of all, it said, nope, you can't get your network channels. And I'm like, well, what the fuck was this for? Um, and then, second, two days later, it's like, nope, you can't even use Locast anymore, anyways. And yes, I know. I could just put an antenna, a digital antenna, and I can get my local channels on that. But the thing is, I can't DVR from the antenna with the system I currently have. I'd have to then pay an extra hundred bucks for an HD home run or whatever to hook up to my Android box to DVR it. And then I'd actually, I have to buy a, an external hard drive to DVR two to put on this. And it'd be a whole bunch of stuff to do. And all I fucking, the only thing I want network channels for is Friday it's night Smackdown. Smackdown. That's it. Everything which, else I can get on fucking Hulu, which you can get the next day on Hulu. Uh, but it's edited. Well, it's still it's, there. It's highlighted down. And so so uh, they take the two hour, well, the what is it, hour and a half of total broadcast uh, time and they edit it down 45 minutes. On Hulu. So you miss shit. God, that's the perfect way to watch Raw. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the perfect way to watch Raw is fucking With your not. Eyes closed? Just <laughs> not. So done. On the upside is AEW Dynamite uh, did 1.3 million viewers this week. 
uh, and outscored Raw in the Prime demo. Uh, so even though Raw technically had more viewers, right? Most of their viewers were above 50. Um, and Dynamite had actually more of the 18 to 49 viewers. And that's cool. Well, as a member of that demographic, it sure is, but I'm sorry that you're not. I'm still in the 18 to 49. Thank you very much. Uh, but you'll be out five more years. Of that. <laughs> five more years. Thank you very much. You'll be out of it before I am. Uh, yeah. Do you know what else I'll be out of it before you are? Yeah. I don't know. Probably nothing because you're. You'll probably retire before me. Out of. Uh... Yeah, I'll be. I'll be out of money before you are. <laughs> That's not entirely factual. Uh, we don't know that. Is. We don't know that. I could. I could. I could. I could. I don't know. It's Something crazy accurate. could happen. I could be out of life before you. I mean, you could. I mean, anything can happen there. Yeah, no, I can't rule that out. I will be out of children living in my house before you. You will be out of that. I mean, unless I can't. Uh, unless, <laughs> well, or unless I marry somebody who's you know a Twinkie in the city or something. Yeah, like fucking get out. Friends reference for you. Daughter of mine, you're 13. You're old enough to live on your own. Get out. <laughs> Fame's son just graduated high school. I have to win this. Get out. <laughs> Dad, I hate that you podcast. <laughs> I gotta win at something. <laughs> I'm just banking on her being like a, a doctor or a world famous musician or some shit like that. And it's the only way I get to retire. Yeah, retirement plan, kids. Mine started uh, Pee Wee football and had three tackles in his first game ever. And so, boom, boom, there's my retirement plan. Here comes the boom. Here comes Thames the game, boom. baby. <laughs> boom. Yeah. Anyway. But so, so I just, I don't know. Let's just move on to commendations because I want to talk about because like AEW was good. Uh, fucking SmackDown was apparently good, except for the shit that we already talked about. Uh, well, uh, and that, that wasn't actually televised. Like the worst part of SmackDown, I will say, and this is a misdemeanor, you do, 10 people in a match does not make, does not a good match make. It makes a confusing match. It's like the point in the Royal Rumble where there's 17 people in the ring. Ring at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's too well, much. Well, there are times that it can work if it's like a war games match. Um, but they have to be they have to be scripted in a way that allows it, it to either be everyone's working together for some means, or some people are down and out and it's just three people or four people working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it it probably does doesn't work when uh one of the people is Dominic Mysterio, and another one of the people is Rick Boogs, who, don't get me wrong, I like Rick Boogs. He's just really, really green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now. Um, 
So, you know, he's, he's actually been a pretty, pretty good high point recently. In fact, so, but he is green, but fucking Dominic, seriously, you couldn't, you couldn't find someone else to put in that, but Dominic, like, do I need to go to the Wikipedia page again and talk about all of the other people that are on the, uh, SmackDown male roster that they could have done other than Dominic? Cause I can do that. I got it right here. Um, you could put Cesaro in there. What? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't mean, Ray I, in there? Wasn't Ray in yeah, that match Ray. too? Yeah, but Ray at least can wrestle. Yes, but unfortunately, they're telling a storyline there that sucks. I mean. You could have put Kevin Owens in there, but oh, wait, no. Kevin Owens has been hinting a lot of AEW shit recently, and I think they're probably angry at him right now. What's really funny is Sami Zayn's contract is either up before or at the same time as Kevin Owens, depending on whose research you believe, um, and is likely going to try to leave as well, and you still featured him, so... In pajama pants. Mm-hmm. You have Shane Thorne sitting around doing nothing. You couldn't have used him. They should cut his ass. That's just me. I think he's an okay wrestler, but, you, you know, you still have him listed as Slapjack. Slap nuts. Here, how about how about this? How about you you say, well, we'll just take some people that are unused on on Raw. Like, when was the last time we saw Cedric Alexander in a match? Fuck him over to SmackDown and have him in a match. Right. Drew Gulak, does he still have a job? I don't know. Put him on SmackDown, right? Mm. Grand Metalik, maybe. I don't know if he's still employed. Put him on SmackDown. Right. Lindsay Dorado, yeah. I would rather see Lince Dorado or Grand Metalik than Dominic Mysterio. That says a lot right now. Take the 10-man tag team setup where there's five on each team and just lower it by two on each team mm-hmm. and make it a six-man tag, a trios, and ta-da! R- probably ricochet? have an enjoyable match. You could put Ricochet over there. I would I would have been okay with that. Um. Could have done almost anything, anything other uh, with Mason T Bar than using the way that you're currently using them, and I would have been okay. Um, <laughs> is Riddick Moss still employed? Because it says so, still here. He could have been in that match, and I probably would have been okay with it. Are you fucking serious? Still showing up on the Wikipedia. Wikipedia might be wrong, oh, but he's wow. still on the Wikipedia right now. So, wow. Anyway. All right, but so. so that that if you want a misdemeanor, ten people in a match that is not like a free for all type setup, and even if it is a free for all type setup, it needs to be it needs to to uh, to uh, coin a phrase totally inappropriately, and I'm okay with that. Ten people in a match should be safe, legal, and rare. And I mean, really freaking rare, like battle royals. That's the only time they don't do quintuples titles. 
No organization does quintuples or stadium stampede, you know, something, something where there's huge faction warfare. The throw together didn't even work for these. You had Shinsuke, Rick, Big E, and the Mysterios. Huh? Are you there? I, I, yeah, I will say um, one, one of the commendations I'm going to talk about is uh, so far AEW's treatment of Ruby Soho has been bullets. Perfect. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like it at first because um, I, I I really I thought Thunder Rosa should have won, but uh, yeah, boy, this week was gold. Yeah, because they had her debut on Raw on on fucking Dynamite. God. Um, and then in a uh, trios match on on Rampage and fucking looked great both times and the on 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 Dynamite when she was on there the one thing I didn't understand was Jamie Hader competing for her title shot because it's an open challenge right it's an open challenge uh, where for, where she puts her title shot on the line. I don't think she put her title shot on the line. I don't wow. think the title shot was. I think what it was is she said, um, "I I signed this. I signed the contract for the title shot, um, but I want to prove myself first that I'm not just a flash in the pan who could come in and win a title, win a title shot at a thing. I want to show. So I'm putting out an open challenge to anyone uh, from your and team." Jamie Hader took it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, was, I mean, they that they was also. A struggle in the battle royal. Like, what if Ruby or Jamie Hader had won? Mm-hmm. Are they just mm. well? I mean, ideally, the storyline you tell with that is uh, uh, Jamie Hader wins or Rebel wins, and they just lay down for um for Brit for Brit, right? Especially if it's Rebel, right? Because you tell that storyline really easy. Rebels, like I, I'm, you're my money maker. You're you're my ticket, and so I'm going to lay down so you continue to be champion. You could tell a storyline with Jamie Hader of will she lay down for for Brit, and if she does, will she will she let Brit pin her? Um, and you could even tease her not doing it, right? Or yeah, I mean, if you really want to have fun, you have her not. You have Brit lay down, you know, on top to pin her, and then. Jamie Hader tries to roll her up into a into a schoolboy or whatever, um, but they're wanting Jamie Hader to be the the bad guy right now, and and to be perfectly honest, I'm fine with it. Right? She's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dominic even, Mysterio even, is short of mask because she stole him for yeah. her tights. Yeah, even even if she looks like she's or got Ray Mysterio, Ray, Ray Mysterio. Mysterio on on her butt, she's. A, but I, I'm telling you, right? We've talked about this without having JLB here to try to argue against it. The AEW women's division is fucking stacked. They just need to be booked right. Because uh, you've got Abaddon. you got the bunny. Anna J just came back. And while she's still fairly green, I've said it before, she she is remarkably well-versed in, in how to do the ring work, uh, find the cameras, all of that stuff. And right. Big swole. Uh, I'm going to skip Brandy Rhodes because she's kind of the low liar, but Britt Baker, Emmy Sakura, who I don't, I don't think should ever sniff around the championship, but she's definitely, she's a good hand. She's definitely one who can put on banger matches, right? Yeah. Hikaru Rashida, Jade Cargill, Jamie Hayter, Chris Statlander, Leva Bates might be one of the lowest on this card, and she's still a 
fucking talented wrestler. Layla Hirsch, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Rebel, Red Velvet, Riho, Ruby Soho, Serena Deeb, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Yuka Sakazaki. I mean, literally any one of those with the right booking, I would I would say, hey, they could be champion. To to point to that same set of, of people, um, do you notice Ruby or not Ruby Soho? Um uh Riho got a uh personality this week. A little bit, yeah. She held a title for almost a year and didn't have any personality, and then boom. Oh my gosh, I I kinda like this. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish they'd feature Yuka Sakazaki a lot more. I know she's got this magical girl gimmick that might not work with, with American audiences very well, but I think she's fucking talented as all shit. So I would have preferred to have seen Yuka Sakazaki. Um, Ruby Soho and and uh, Chris Statland are in the ring, uh, but I like. Here's the do do we think Ruby's gonna win the title off Brit? I think it's unlikely. Probably not. Probably yeah, not. Probably not. But it's Thunder Rosa. I, Thunder Rosa might be, uh, or I could see Chris Statlander. They're really building Chris Statlander up to still I could for see, a second snap. Yeah, yeah, but I I could see, but at the same point. You know, while I say it's unlikely, I'm I'm saying it's like, I don't know, like 30% chance maybe, which is a non-zero chance, right, that Ruby Soho could win. Like, they could ping-pong it over to Ruby Soho for a bit and then have Britt Baker win in a rubber match, right? Um, Britt Baker, that would make Britt Baker the first two-time singles uh, champion mm-hmm. in AEW history. Yeah. Um, which could be a big deal, right? And Ruby Soho finally get a get even just a short run with a championship belt would instantly put her as superstar status. Um, you know, but like literally no one on that list, aside from Emi Sakura and maybe Rebel, uh, do do I like 100% say they shouldn't ever be champion, right? Like Jade Car- Cargill will eventually be champion. Oh, absolutely. That's going to happen, right? Jade Cargill's. In fact, if you have a tr- transitional good guy like Ruby Wright or Ruby Soho, yep. Jade Cargill's a good move. Mm-hmm. I think she's. I think she's six months to a year out. But that's my thing. It's the only thing with Jade Cargill is I. Th- even though she's twelve and zero right now in in her career, she I I just think she needs a little bit more experience under her belt. But that's why I, I could see you have Ruby Soho win it. Uh, you then can have a heel win it, um, like a Penelope Ford, you know, eke out a victory, um, something like that. You could have a Chris Statlander win it from that, and then you could have Britt Baker win it back or something. Uh, but, you know, I mean, every single one of them, I'm like, I could see them winning. I could see them winning, you know. I would like to see Hikaru Shida back in the title hunt. I know they're telling this storyline uh, on AW Dark that she's more vicious now than she was before. She's out for blood. They need to tell that storyline on Dynamite or or Rampage, something. They need to show her being more vicious. Uh, on telly. Uh, yeah, on the television. Um, now, that being said, there, there is a, a connection that I'm going to say, a, a connection in the... Um, commendations here. AW Dark started its run this week of being filmed in studio 
at Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Um, reportedly in the same studio that uh, Impact used to record in. Uh, which is why the joke is, uh, what's so-and-so doing in the dark zone? Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think that could be, I think I, we talked about this last week even, the reports that this was happening, or maybe two weeks ago it was. I think that could be really good for, for AEW to have a regular crowd there for AEW Dark. Sure. Um, I think it also could allow AEW Dark to have a little bit more consistency. Um, probably my biggest problem with AEW Dark is that you, n- you never know how long it's going to be, right? Uh, you know, some uh, some weeks it's two and a half hours long or some shit like that, you know what I mean? And it's like, come on, let, let's make, the, you know, at least with Dynamite and Rampage, you know exactly how long it's going to be each week, right? Two hours for Dynamite, one hour for Rampage. Maybe a little bit of overrun. We can't say for certain that there won't be, but for the most part. But, like, let's see here. Uh, here where's uh, Let me find Dark this week. AW Dark um, from last week was 52 minutes long. AEW Dark Elevation was an hour and 14 minutes long. Um, Previous week, the pre-all-out Dark was an hour and 14 minutes long. Uh, The other one, the pre-pre-that, was an hour and three minutes long. Elevation was 55 minutes long. So they're just jumping around all over the place. And it would be nice, and I think it'll happen when they're no longer just being taped before Dynamite or after Dynamite or, you know, whatever, for them to have, like, a set time period where it's like, you know, Dark is going to be an hour, or Dark Elevation is an hour every every week, and uh, regular Dark is an hour and a half or something like that, or just make them both an hour. That's fine. Yeah. Something that you can plan your schedule around, because it's... It's really the toughest thing to trying to keep up on this, not knowing how many, uh, how long it's going to be. Because I mean, literally, so, some of them. I'm going to scroll back a bit, but you know, there were, there were like darks that had like 13 matches on it, um, and you're like, 13 matches, too many Christmas. That's a lot. Hour and 29 minutes. Uh, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, eleven matches on Dark Elevation, hour and twenty-one minutes. It's like okay, I don't think I. I think I think you make it an hour long, and you make it a maximum of six matches in an hour on each of them. Could work. That that gets you you decent amount of time for each match, but they're still regularly short matches. They still showcase the talent, but then you can focus a little bit more on storytelling and all that. I don't know. And then you can still have dark matches at the AEW Darks. Um, the double yeah, dark so, matches. So the, the live audience could have two mm-hmm. hours there. Yep. Um, all sorts of fun stuff. So I'm I'm yeah. like looking forward to that but 
we'll see this this week will be the first time we get to see what it's like to, uh, tomorrow night we'll see the first AEW dark filmed in studio dark elevation and we'll see and and frankly I might watch that instead of raw sad sad it's it's so it's so sad because i i come at this from a a perspective that you don't really have because i i was a lapsed fan you never really stopped stopped right uh no no i i mean i cut back but you cut back but you still watched that's because i was married and she hated pro wrestling Mm -hmm. um i was a lapsed fan for oh around 10 years right um yeah, I mean, truly, us working together is part of the reason you started watching again. You was that been Ring of Honor. Some, yeah. You'd been, been watching, watching Ring of Honor and stuff like that, and then we started talking, and I was like, oh, let's give Raw another try. Um, and at the time, it wasn't horrible. Raw wasn't, wasn't horrible. So I I, I missed, I, I stopped watching when I thought it was shitty after there was no longer competition. I got back into it when there's still no competition. There became competition, and I was excited. You can go back in the archives of this show, and you can hear how excited I was that AEW was going to be real competition, and and this this hopefully smart. this hopefully will bring bring uh, the next golden age of of wrestling together, where you know competition breeds excellence, and and Raw will get better because. Because there's competition around, and and you know, I had all I had the ruby glasses on and everything. I thought everything was going to turn out great, and I'm still hopeful that it will. But right now, it ain't looking so good. Well, I, I think our again, our biggest concern is exactly what we've talked about: is that you know, WWE uh, to to again coin a term, never underestimate WWE's ability to fuck shit up. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's a very reasonable possibility. So, and again, a year ago, we were like, Raw's not bad. SmackDown mm-hmm. sucks. You yeah. lost Sling, and we're like, yes, I'm fine with this. I'm okay with yeah, this. I don't, get, I don't have to watch and, SmackDown anymore. And over a six-month period, suddenly you hear JLB and I talk about it, and you watch the recaps because you are a serious podcaster about it. And you're like, well, shit, <laughs> I kind of want that because this sucks. Yes. And I don't, I, I, was it Goldberg? Was that the kicker? Was that the one that made us start going, okay, well, this is, this is shitty. Was it, were we just that high on, on uh, Drew McIntyre? I know I was. I love Drew. I think I still think he's great. Um, I think they're booking him wrong right now, but I still think he's great. I, I think they've been booking him wrong ever since they decided to give him a fucking sword. Yep, that's um, the nope story time slash sword. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't need you to tell me a story, Drew. I, I I was okay with him as a face. I think as soon as he lost the title um to Lashley he should have gone to to psychopath Scottish psychopath he should have come out in a sleeveless tri- trench coat and just been ready to murder everybody been a dick dude yeah. plays it well worked fine wreck everyone and leave it's what made uh, us give a crap about Roman Reigns 
it's what we could have been with with uh Drew McIntyre again. I like I wasn't I didn't hate him as a he face, can go back like to you. be in a face. Yeah, he can go back to be in a face. I just think that was your opportunity to change him. Oh, oh ultimately he he can still be the Scottish psychopath and be a face. Right? Yeah, that's true. Um Stone Cold was a face even though he was a fucking asshole and and not a face, but the crowd loved the fans and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um he could do that. But it's it's they gave him a sword and the and okay, it's when they gave him a sword and then gave him a mic, right? We don't need to hear him talk. We want to see him kick ass and fucking claim all the shit out of people on the We're record. okay with it sometimes, but any ving- uh, vignette, jeez. Any vignette. We've been making that joke for so long. Any mm-hmm. vignette with somebody who is not exceptional on the mic needs to be shorter run. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate your commendations. I think you're right. AEW's lights out. I think their women's well, division yeah. is definitely showing some lights outness. Yeah. The only problem I have with their women's division is I don't think it gets enough focus. And with only three hours of television, that makes it tough. Um, that said, really if that. you're going to add a fourth or fifth hour, um, you can do a fourth hour on Rampage. Do not do a three-hour television no. show. Don't don't do a three-hour. And I dynamite. and I really want to encourage you not to do a two-hour. I, I I think you have Dynamite as your two-hour. I think you have Rampage mm-hmm. on Friday night. I think you can have a Saturday morning show. Mm-hmm. I do believe people will watch a Saturday morning show. I also think, I think they'll watch a Sunday night show. I think. Um, I think they easily, easily could do a Saturday morning clip show, right? Yes. Not, not even record any new matches, but use which would dark, give us the stuff from dark and dark elevation, yeah, dark and dark elevation on television on Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon, or I mean Sunday afternoon's tough because then you compete with with NFL. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, no, morning, Saturday morning, Saturday morning on T on Turner Broadcasting. Or on on Time Warner's broadcasting, mm-hmm. um, Saturday morning is basically old movie time. Yeah, so take an hour so, there. So yeah, just and pop off Big Daddy, man. I don't need to see Big Daddy again. And take an hour there and just turn it into clip show. Nothing new filmed for it, or maybe uh, you know uh, a Todd Pettengill type character. I mean, heck, fucking. Yeah. Fucking Mark Henry can do it. You know, no, I don't give a shit. No. Um, just just someone who intros the clips says, Here, here's what happened earlier this week. We had a Karashita versus Abaddon. That is a really was, good Marvez rule. Really good Marvez. I wouldn't have a problem with Marvez. I wouldn't have a problem with Taz. I, you know, fucking someone, you know, just to say, here. Yeah, you know, I want to get you before the start of the next week. I want to get you caught up on all the events in AEW this week. Um, you know, I hear this guy named Mauro Ronaldo is available. Nigel, yeah. I'd watch Nigel do it. I'd watch Nigel. Yeah, I'd watch either of them. Anyway, anyways, but so something like that, uh, you know, because here's the deal: you take the clips off AEW Dark, um. And and dark elevation. You add in some highlights from from Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, you cut the filler out of it. You get an hour long thing. 
that is is able to recap what happened. You know, you you edit the matches down. You're not showing the full match, right? So so uh, Hikaru Shida versus fucking Penelope Ford or whatever uh, happens on dark. Um, and it's a 10 minute match or a five minute match or whatever, right? You, you edit it down, you edit it down to three minutes of the match, you know, that shows the highlights, shows the big pots of the spots of it, shows the winner celebrating any post match beatdowns or whatever. And then you roll on, right? You know, it'd be really great for that on that spot show. Um, having your, your big name talkers minus MJF cause he'll swear. But having your big name talkers just recap the week. CM Punk this week. Next week it's uh, it's Moxley. Next week it's it's uh, Jericho. Next week it's Guevara. Next week it's yeah. Orange Cassidy could host one. Yeah, yeah. I here's a match. Whatever. Yeah, this happened. I uh, someone's gonna press a button. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like I would watch it just to. And the, and we've talked about that before. Also having having those guys just do filler stuff like that 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 would be gold. But so so I'd be fine with that, especially because it would get it would get the women's division a little bit more focused. Yeah. We'd uh, get some of them there. It would it would help. I I really do think AEW is missing out on this because I think it would drive people to watch Dark and Dark Elevation more. Um, because right now. Uh, just to to uh, do where's the the dark from this last week? Um, 422 or 442,000 views, right? For so a third, uh, dark. A third what dynamite gets, yes, a third of what dynamite gets, right? Um, I, th- I think they could get that up to half what dynamite gets, another 200,000 views easily. I also think it pumps dynamite for a younger generation. The key to dynamite is that it's in prime time. And whether we change whether we want to believe it or not, parents still control the TVs in prime time. Mm-hmm. If you can get in front of kids, and I know kids don't do Saturday morning cartoons anymore, but at the end of the day, if you have something that kids would watch on Saturday morning when mom's cleaning, when dad's mowing, when when or vice versa, I'm not trying to be gender specific there or mm-hmm. or sexist. But when those types of things are happening in all households, the same way they did in 1972, 82, 92, uh, 2002, 2012, that's been the day that people do their housework for the most part. That's been the day the kids are home. That's been the day you get to the, that's been the time of day you hand the TV over to the kids. What a great opportunity to pick that up. But even aside from that. Even aside from that, it makes AEW Dark feel like part of the actual show. Because right now, the vast majority of viewers of Dynamite and now Rampage are what we would call casual fans. Yeah, what we would call casual fans who are like, hey, I'm going to watch the television show, but the Dark and Dark Elevation, they're not not important. And storyline-wise, they rarely show up in the regular storyline, right? So this would put it on TV where they would watch it, and it starts to build it into the storyline and goes from there. Um, uh, I I do want to say, and I don't know I mentioned it last week, but I I do want to reiterate here how how much I wish AEW uh, prioritized the post post pay per view media scrums as well, right? 
just fucking live stream them right on YouTube um, after the, the, the thing. I wouldn't be able to watch it live because I'm probably going to be on here talking about how my mind's fucking blown by the latest pay-per-view. But I would immediately afterwards go and watch the media scrum because they're fantastic. Um, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, so many people are are giving people crap for talking about how great that the AEW was. They're like, you're just got recency bias, right? You're saying it's like the best AEW pay per view of all time and all this stuff, and just only AEW, because it's the most yes, it is definitely the best AEW pay per view uh, of all. Time. But they're saying it's just recency bias that we're forgetting how great the previous ones were, and we're just blown away. And I and I get what they're saying with that. I do. The thing is. You're like, oh, you're just blown away by the spectacle of these two big debuts, um, yeah. and you're and you're you're forgetting how great the matches was at this at at the first all out or whatever. And I go, no, I'm not forgetting how great the matches are. I am taking the show as a whole, right? Because yep. it is a whole, it is a whole thing, and as a whole, that includes the surprise debuts of Danielson and uh, Adam Cole, baby. Um, it includes the the historical perspective of it being the first CM Punk match in seven years, right? That, that is included in this, right? It has to be, you cannot separate those from this. And because of that, AEW took all of these pieces and put it into what is as a whole, the greatest AEW pay-per-view. Were there better matches on other AEW pay-per-views? Yeah. Right. Better singular matches, e- even better overall matches on other AEW pay-per-views, right? I get it. But you have to take into consideration the spectacle, all of the other stuff. And AEW stepped up their game this year and gave us the best pay-per-view from beginning to end that they ever did, right? From beginning to end, there was no missteps. The the Like even uh, Wrestling with Red, Brian Zane gave it an A+, right? And the only things that he he said, um, uh, the the match the that we talked about, the Big Show, Paul White versus QT Marshall, um, he said that match could have could have not been there. And and I agree. At the same point, I understand why it was there, and it was a good come down match. I'm trying to remember. He had one other thing, and I think it was just about like uh, the battle royal being overly confusing at times, and and not which is all battle royals, which is all battle royals, right? Um, he did have the same criticism that I talked about where um, when you have it be five people coming out at the same time, you don't get really individual entrances. You don't get the pop for that and all of this. And th- those are valid criticisms. But as a whole, from beginning to end, this pay-per-view was better than every other pay-per-view, if only for the spectacle, right? Uh, everybody ate up. Now, this wasn't, you know, like we, we said, it might be up there in our minds with WrestleMania X7, right? Yeah, it's not I mean, better than X7. I don't think either of us were saying it's better. No, I X7. mean, here's the deal. Tony Khan didn't get kicked in the nuts by his wife and mm-hmm. and then didn't, didn't become best friends with Kenny Omega. Like, those two things didn't happen. It doesn't, that means, but notice... I mentioned two things about X7 that made it a spectacle. Mm-hmm. That were not directly match-related. Nope. Right? It was spectacle-related. Yep. Um, wrestling has always been a spectacle. Wrestling's always been about those big moments. And, and this was, AEW's no different. This was, oh my God, Stone Cold shook hands with 
with Vince mm-hmm. a little bit on, on that final segment. And the CM Punk match was, oh my God, Hulk Hogan just slammed Andre. Yeah. Those are the ones they compete just, with. Yeah. And now, that's what you, you always Punk have. CM versus to... Darby was not Hulk Hogan just slammed Andre. It wasn't. No. No. But it absolutely was, oh my God, I would compare it to that. Yeah. I mean, because like, like Meltzer's ratings came out this week, and I was a little surprised with some of them. Um, uh, specifically, uh, the Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers, uh, Jeez, uh, cage he gave, match. He gave it 4.25 is what I'm going to guess he gave it. Uh, no. This is why it was surprising. 5.75. Really, and that and that's why it was surprising. Like that was I, a spot fest and a gimmick match, and he gave it almost six stars. Yeah, he broke his system board, and that's why it's surprising. I expected him to, I expected him to do like five point two five, um, just because I, I think it, it still was up his alley in in most respects, and so he'd be it was a more than a five star match. But five point seven five is more than I thought he would give it. Um, oddly enough, he gave the Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage match only four point two five stars. And I thought that was lower than I expected him to give it. Yeah, I, um, I didn't. Expect I didn't expect it to break the five star system. No, I um, I was thinking I five point seven five may or four point seven five maybe five, right? Yeah. Um, but um, uh, Paul White QT Marshall was one star. That's about where I expected it to be. Um, I had a given it three because its placement was perfect. Yeah, it was good placement for it. Um, we'll start at the the beginning. Uh, what a give not, Miro. Uh, not talking about the kickoff or the pre-show match, uh, which he gave 3.75 stars. Might have been a little bit low, but it's fine because uh, it was a 10-man match. So whatever. Uh, Miro versus Eddie Kingston, he gave four stars. Um, I figured he'd be at four and a quarter to four and a half. Yeah, maybe a little lower than I thought, but about there. Uh, Moxley versus Kojima, he gave four stars. That's about where I thought it'd be. That's probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Baker versus Statlander, he gave uh, four stars. Four just really? Four, four even. Maybe a little lower, but not not super. We already talked about the cage match. Uh, Casino Battle Royal, he gave three and a quarter stars. Jericho versus MJF, he gave three and three quarter stars. Um, Schmoch finish? Did he did he talk about Schmoch um, finish? I don't, I don't know specifically on that. Um, that might have played into it. I... I could see him being angry. Punk versus Darby, three and three quarter stars. Uh, like we said, uh, I didn't give him that four. One. I probably yeah, that was a lower than I thought. I I thought he would have gone I'm, higher with that, if only I'd, for the historical references of it. I I didn't think Punk put on a five star match there. No, it wasn't a five star match. I just and I think it, it was a four star. Darby match. Allen's best. Yeah, I think it was a four star. Like I said, I I expected it to be rated a little bit higher because of the historical reference in the match. Yeah. Not the historical significance of it being its first match, but the historical reference. The the fact that we've we've been able to show that he definitively p- paid homage to one of the best uh one, two, three kid matches. Um the the Bret Hart versus one, two, three kid. Um yeah. a, the fact the fact that he paid homage to it, I thought, um, would have raised it maybe half a star in Meltzer's book, and it didn't. Uh, but still, three point seven five stars. I thought it'd be about a four star match. So, um, but it was the Kenny Omega match. He was lower than I thought he would be, and the Young Bucks match. He was higher than I thought he'd be. So, 
Um, uh, but in the end, you know, I, I think it was definitely a, it was an A plus pay-per-view <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, if it wasn't the best AEW pay-per-view, um, it was definitely within the top two, you know, um, I just, I, you know, AEW hasn't been around for a ton of time. They haven't had a ton of pay-per-views. Will it always be the best AEW pay-per-view? Hopefully not. Hopefully AEW every year comes to All Out and and produces their best pay-per-view of all time. That's the hope. Every year they raise the bar and they make it better. And if they're not doing that, they fall into the WWE trap, right? Yeah. Right? The the goal is for every year to be a bigger spectacle. They have to put on slightly less important, less slightly less pay-per-views at some point. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, most people would say if the, if they didn't say that this is the best AEW pay per view of all time, they would say Moxley winning at Revolution. They would say mm. that one. Yeah. Um, for, if for me, that's what you're gonna say, then okay, we had four or five after that that weren't as good as that, and they were still good. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, what I was going to say is is just All Out is the WrestleMania. I hate to say it like this. Like, it's the WrestleMania of, uh, AEW. of AEW, right? And so if, if All Out every year isn't at least as good as the previous year, then they failed, right? Uh, the goal for AEW is that every year's All Out will be at least as good, if not better, than the previous years. But if it's not, don't let it suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, in the end, you know, I mean, let's see. Uh, all out, the overall Gosh. fan viewing this year, the overall uh, fan rating is 9.57, right? So let's find last year's all out. Uh, let's see how, how many pages am I going to have to go on cage match to, 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 to find last year's uh, all out. Last year, all out was a five point nine. So definitely, they the fans thought it was better. Let's do it this way. Let's go back to page one and let's just click on the ratings because I did this last time. Uh so. Yeah, right now with the fans, the only uh, only show that AEW's put on that has a higher fan rating on Cage Match than All Out 2021 is uh, the celebration of Brody Lee. Yep. Right. Same thing it was last year or last t- week when I did this. Uh, the closest pay per view to it was Double or Nothing 2019. Right, which was their first. Real yeah, that was view. that was uh yeah that was uh hangman losing to Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um which was uh, have a 9.11 <laughs> interesting. Um double or nothing 2021 is the well no I guess full year 2020 is the next highest with 8.95 double or nothing 2021 earlier this year 8.87 um double or nothing 2020 8.45 Revolution 2020 was 8.58. So that's that's Moxley winning. Uh, 
So and the full gear one, that's a that's a mega winning, isn't it? That's the exploding death match ring. Um yep. No, that was the I quit match versus Eddie Kingston. Oh, okay. That's the full gear one. MGF defeated Chris Jericho. The Elite Deletion match, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Young Bucks won the belt versus FTR. They didn't hold it nearly as long as I thought FTR would. Yeah. Young Bucks oh, had well. to have it someday. But here's the deal. I'm not going to be one of those people who, bought, who dogs on Young Bucks having the belt. Because here's no. what they did. They built the belts up, and then they made another team look like fucking rock stars when they won, right? Yeah, like, like I, literal. I, like, yeah. that was a great match. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. is I, I don't think anyone didn't think the Lucha Brothers deserved it uh, before that match, but anyone after watching that match who says they didn't think Lucha Brothers deserved it needs to be punched in the nose, right? Well, I mean, those two have put on fire matches left mm-hmm. and right. Ed Zachary. So, but anyways, well, but this is a good time to call it to a close. I think. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. On that note, let's go ahead and close the book on the wrestling booking unit. We vented a lot today, and and I feel a little bit better. I got a lot of that raw, pent up energy. That raw, <laughs> pent up energy. Off nah. my chest, nah. even though, though Raw's right there on my chest right now. Um, oh, merch, where'd you get that? Merch, well, I got it at shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU, or you could go to raw and order WBU.myspreadshop.com and go to that way. Um, or you can go to Facebook because on our Facebook, you can peruse all the listings there, almost all the listings. One of them got removed. Stupid, stupid Facebook. You're stupid. Um, but uh, you can go there. You can go there and find the link. You can find the link in the doobly doo right down below on this podcast to where the merch store is. You can get the merch that I'm more excited than you could possibly believe uh, to get show Sasha up on my Bear. doorpost. So Sasha Bear. sorry. I'm so excited Jeez. for that. I'm. I seriously, I can't wait to wear that. We have been working on a Vignette shirt. You have. I, I, I've been pushing the Vignette shirt for, I literally, two, for a year and a half. And Sasha Bear happens four weeks ago, and it's up and running yeah. two weeks I, ago. I, I kid you not, I was actually looking at the art for the Vignette shirt like 10 minutes ago while we were talking about shit. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just a, I, it's one of those things where I have to fight the perfectionism in me. Where I'm like, do I do I like it this way, or would I prefer it in another way? Would I prefer to tweak the text this way, or whatever? And I just need to say, no, fuck it, do it. If I could get a Halloween mask of JLB, I would, and I would wear it <laughs> on an episode. Uh, I wish, I wish Spreadshot had Halloween mask versions. That'd be fantastic. There are some things I I wish I there are some things I wish Spreadshirt would add and. I as much as I like Spreadshirt and I you know like having it there. I if I found another place that uh, we could put our merch through that had uh, like actual baseball jerseys, 
the button-up baseball jerseys. We can Did you see your hat showed up? Huh? Your last, your elastic hats are in. Yeah, I saw them show up. There. And the, the nice thing is I plan uh, my order that I'm going to be making either tonight or tomorrow so that I have it for Zello Pro is going to include the uh, Pissant Podcast hat because you can get that in black. It looks fucking phenomenal. I, I about got it, and I was like, I just got a Pissant Podcast shirt. I can't. <laughs> so my plan is to wear the Pissant Podcast hat and the Sasha Bear shirt and then have them sign the autograph shirt. I'm gonna have him sign the autograph shirt and wear the Pissy Hat Podcast shirt, and we may just have a name change. Maybe on our two year oh wait, two year anniversary's gone. Yeah. the The thing is, I've fucking retroactive. I'm, it's not in our history books. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm fine with us being the Pissy Hat Podcast Raw and Order WBU. I don't know. Fucking, I just don't know. <laughs> I'm so tired of Raw, though. Anyways, but you can go to our merch shop. You can go to our Patreon. Link is also in the doobly-doo. Um, so you can check us out there. You can uh, go to tatnusco.com. We mentioned before. Link down there in the doobly-doos. Um, uh, you can follow us on social media. I am on almost all of them at Raw and Order WBU. Um, so that's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, if I'm not, if you can't find me at Raw and Order WBU, then I'm not on it. Um. Yeah, I, I yeah, hope to be legit. posting. I hope. Yeah, that's the way it is. Um, I hope to be posting more on TikTok and stuff here in the future. But I've kind of fallen behind on it. Um, but yeah, but you can follow me at Raw Order WBU. You can follow Da Fabe at Da Vincent K Fabe. Yep, not gonna put you up on screen because you don't have your your thing shared. So yeah, that's yeah, fine. So that's um, tough shit. So there, boom. That's uh, um, you know the funny part is. If they did go to the one place that I am, DA Vincent K. Fabe, um, Twitter, it would take a month for me to re- respond. Yeah, probably would. Legitimately. But um, uh, JLB doesn't get a call out for follows on this because fuck him. He slept through this. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, he'll respond. He just won't be on the show. Yeah. Fucking ever. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's late. You're up in Montreal, and we do this late and shit like that. You don't have a family to to worry about. I got a three year old. I got to get put to bed before I can do this podcast. So, suck yeah. it up, man. You signed up for this. I mean, he didn't actually sign anything. No, I mean, we, no. we just kind of recruited him. Yeah, right, well, we more or less just said, "Hey, you're on it now." He he, he wanted to be a special guest, and, and then we said, "No." Congratulations. Yep. Congratulations. You're a permanent special guest. <laughs> yep, you're on every week from now on. And if you don't show up, we're going to mock you endlessly. So, to the point where we want to get a, a mask made of your face. <laughs> but on that note, we are going to go ahead and close the book on the wrestling booking unit. Uh, to anyone who joined the live stream, thanks for joining us. If you didn't and are watching this uh, or listening to it later, Thank you. Anyways, uh, we encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it there. Uh, it's Ron Order WBU on YouTube. You can find it there. Link is also in the doobly-doo. Or you can uh, go to our Facebook and follow us there as well. Either way, that way you can get notified when we go live. We go live every Sunday night at 1030 Central and Tuesday night at 1030 Central to do our recordings. So you can join us there. But on that note, we're going to go ahead and close the book. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon.